Remember the first time that you really gave your heart to the Lord? I'm not talking about the first time you went through the sinner's prayer. I'm saying, do you remember the first time you, you came to that place of like, I thought I knew the Lord. And now I realize I never really knew him because see, I'm just starting. to. For some of us, that's like 10 years into your walk. Seriously, right? For some of us, that's, that's 20 years into our walk. And we're like, man, what was I doing the whole time? That's exactly the problem you were doing. You were doing the whole time. And it's the Lord that does. Amen? It's his work that lasts forever. So I just think that that's awesome that, um, that there would just be a salvation, you know, take place. That salvation would happen. And without that, I just don't know the reason why we would really do anything. I mean, every single one of us had to come to the Lord. You had to have a come to Jesus moment, right? You had to come to the Lord or, or else what is fellowship? You know, I mean, we could just, hey, if, if this ain't real, if this whole thing isn't real, we can wrap it up right now. We'll go watch some football games, right? We'll go drink some beers. If this ain't real, we'll just go wild out. What would be the reason to, to do any of this? You know what I mean? Like, but here's the truth. It is real. Amen. It is real. It is realer than real. It's what makes real real. Yes. Reality is Christ. Amen. Everything else is a lie. It's not a reality. And I know it's like, oh, right? Why does it have to be that way? Don't worry about it. That's like trying to ask why there's evil in the world. Why are you worrying yourself about something that is? You know what else is? God. He is. Amen. So put your focus and your thoughts upon the Lord. That's all that matters now. Amen. That's all that matters now. Uh, turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 13. And uh, before we get into the word, I definitely want to pray. And I also want to. Uh, I want to go through the declaration. I just want to set our hearts right on the Lord. The last couple weeks have been awesome. A um, couple quick announcements. Uh, real quick, I know uh, uh, Isaac came up and talked about the cars. Don't worry about your cars. They're not going to get towed. <laughs> the restaurant owner, um, his dad doesn't speak English. So he was probably frustrated just the fact that he couldn't communicate to us. Uh, but the son came and he's going to allow us to continue to use the parking lot for the next two months until they open up. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a good reason to not use the parking lot. So there's going to be a Mexican restaurant right behind us. I'm just saying. I'm going to park and order <laughs> and then go to church. No, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all for it. I, I was serious. I was like, I might ask him if he'll let us use it on Sundays. We'll just make it a church thing. I don't know. You never know. Hey, if you guys aren't open on Sundays, let us use it. We'll, we'll, we'll rent it from like 10 to 1, and then you can open. <laughs> but he's going to let us use it. Here's the thing. Um, any of, anybody in the support group, any of the leaders, we're actually going to start parking on the street over. We have two parking lots that we're allowed to use right here to the right of us, to your left. Um, that's a total of about, I think, 40 parking spaces. So if we uh, move all of our cars, which will probably take away 12 of those spaces, then that'll all be for you. So if you see when you come down Shields, you'll see two signs that say pathway parking. You already know where the building is. You could just park there and then walk over. It's real, real simple. Is that cool? 
So uh, for the next couple months, we'll, we can still use it, and uh, I'll let you guys know when, when that transition's final. So that way we don't, uh, don't want to disrespect the neighbors, right? Um, let me pray. Father, we come before you right now. And as I get into your word, Father, and I begin to share what it is that you've placed in us to receive today, I pray that I don't speak as a man. I pray, Father, your anointing flow, that every person in this building and anyone online watching, Father, would feel the presence of the Holy Spirit to the point of conviction and change. Father, let your will be done this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. So the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about um, the blood of Jesus, the power in the blood, and how oftentimes we think that that's just the washing of sins, but after the washing of sins, there becomes a sanctification. We talked about the misconception of the word. You guys remember that, the living word and the, the, the written word, and how without the living word, you can't understand the written word. Amen. Last week, I can't even remember right now. I'm drawing a blank for some reason. What did we talk about last week? Family. There it is, because I'm so busy on this one. We talked about the misconception of family and how the blood family and the spiritual family are not equally important, how only the spiritual family is what God is after. And we saw that all through the scripture. So if you haven't watched it, go back and watch it. Trust me, you're gonna, it's going to bless your life. So being in, covered in the blood of Jesus means you're brought into a different blood family. Amen. And today we're going to talk about everyone's favorite topic. Ready? You're, it's everyone's favorite topic. Correction. <laughs> the misconception of correction and how in the blood of Christ, in the, in the relationship that we have through that atonement, there is a correction that is godly that comes and man has manipulated that in the name of the Lord in order to try to rule over people, manipulate people, get them to do what they want them to do, and they even put Jesus' name on it. But there's a true correction, a true one, and I hope that we'll be able to establish that today and it'll bless your life. So before we do, let's go ahead and just, you could say this with me, say it with me. I confess with all my awareness, with all my understanding that I need God. Without Him, I can do nothing. Without Him, I can be nothing. Without Him, I am nothing. Without Him, I have no way, I have no truth, I have no life. Through Christ, I find freedom. Through Christ, I find peace. Through Christ, I can do... Now, I want to say that one more time, and I want to emphasize through Christ. I want to make... When we say that, I want to say it with you with emphasis, okay? Through Christ, I find freedom. Through Christ, I find peace. Through Christ, I can do all things. I was made with purpose. I was made with a plan. My purpose is to know God, and His plan is to know me. He did not create me for earthly pleasure. Go ahead. That's right. My life is not my own. I don't belong to me. I belong to God. And so I surrender. I surrender my thoughts. I surrender my will. I surrender my life. As long as now is now, I will choose to live for God. And more importantly, I choose to let God live through me. In Jesus' name, amen. So those last two portions of I choose right? Michelle, can you grab this fan for me, babe, and then uh, turn that on right here? I choose. As long as now is now, I choose. 
And more importantly, I choose. This trips people up because they think that the choosing starts with them. They do. So decisions are being made. Amen. But all of your decisions are influenced by the nature of either the flesh or the spirit. Turn it down to low. Yeah. So if the, thank you. If the, whoa, that's really high. No, I'm just kidding. So if the spirit is influencing your life now, which has given you eyes to see Christ, a mind to know Christ, you did not bring yourself to that place. So now that the blinders are off and you're choosing, so to say, that choosing didn't start with you. That choosing started when you turned to the Lord and now you have the ability to say yes to God. Amen. So we take no credit for saying yes to God. So as long as now is now, I choose means in response to the fact that God has opened my eyes. I was blind, now I see. My response is yes, Lord. You see that? That way you don't boast over anybody because here's how you, here's how you boast. You think boasting, we think boasting is I got this, I got that. No, here's true boasting. You should do this. You should do that. And you start putting burdens on people and saying, you choose, you have a choice. You need to do that. Why is that boasting? Because without saying it, I'm saying to you, I choose. And therefore, I'm now comparing myself to you to the point that I feel like I have the right to tell you. And I'm boasting in my own stance. It's like a person who says, you're immature. That's your problem. They're boasting in the fact that they're saying they're mature in the same way. I don't choose because it starts with me. God gave me the breath to breathe. God gave me the heartbeat that lives. I did not give these things myself, so therefore I choose in response to the, <laughs> the place I've been brought to. Amen. Just want to smack works, like get out of here. Because it just trips people up and it keeps families in bondage. And it makes, it makes husbands and wives and children argue over who's right. Everybody's wrong. God is right. Amen. See, even now, I got to stay here because the Lord is dealing with the heart. Even now, you say, yeah, that's what I've been saying. Well, that's the problem. <laughs> I know. They're like, what? what's so funny? <laughs> that's the problem. That's what you've been saying. It's what God says. You don't take credit for what God says and say, that's what I've been saying. No, you stand before God saying, I know, I hear you, Lord. That's what you've been saying. I need you. And if the person who's next to you doesn't see it, you pray for them and show them grace and mercy. That's how it works. Amen. I choose. No, God chose, so I choose. Don't forget it. You'd be like, why don't you just put that in there then? God chose, so I choose. That's, see, that's the point. Jesus said, to you who are permitted to understand, to others it's a parable. It divides the flesh and the spirit, even in this building and even anybody listening. Only by God's mercy can you truly come to the place of surrender. You can't do it. I can surrender. Try it. You're going to bind yourself up. <laughs> it's like being caught in, you know, in a web. You, you just start binding yourself up. It's surrender. Surrender is produced by God. His presence comes and shows you, and you go, man, I did nothing. See that response? I did nothing. That's called surrender. Whew, glory to God. 
Correction's happening right now. Correction's happening right now, but watch this. It's not because I'm giving you things to do. It's because we're all doing the same thing. We're turning to the Lord. Let me say that again. I'm not giving you things to do. I'm not saying do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that. That all happens when you turn to the Lord. His Holy Spirit comes and starts to convict you of what you should or shouldn't do. And as brothers and sisters in Christ, we don't try to get ahead of each other. You know, we don't, we're not, it's not a race. There's no competition in the Spirit of God. No, there's no competition in the Spirit of God. There's no such thing as someone being more spiritual than another person. Oh, man, you guys ain't hearing what I'm saying right now. I'm, I'm going to pour it out. I'm going to pour it out. There's no such thing as being more spiritual. One body of water is one body of water. If a person is completely submerged or somebody's got their toe in, they're touching the same body of water. That's right. That's right. Works will tell you, why you only got your toe in? Man, you need to knock it off. Be glad they got their toe in. How do you think you ended up over your head? You once were scared. You once were terrified. You once didn't know how to trust God to go deep. So we don't shame anybody in the spirit. God knows what he's doing. There's no works here. You, you can't look at me and say he really knows how to speak. That's why people listen. No. Oh, no. I'm saying things that make people not want to listen. <laughs> They're like, whoa, man, I didn't like that. But you love it because you've been called by God and you understand the parables. You've been brought into the spirit of God. He's doing a work in your life. This is no man's work, not anybody. The anointing that was on the worship, that was God. He could have been playing off key and it would have sounded good to you <laughs> because it was God that was moving. Amen. God's correction is so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And I want to start this out in Hebrews 13, starting in verse 17. Look what it says. Hebrews 13, 17. Are you there? Watch this. And uh, if you could do me a favor... Uh, Michelle, can you bring it up in the NIV, please? I'm reading out of the NLT, the New Living's Translation. I'm going to have another translation. I want to show you the difference in the wording. Excuse me. This is really important because sometimes we draw conclusions. We put a period where there's a comma. Sometimes we try to end. We, we, well, actually, oftentimes we just want it to be simple. Give me the simple explanation. Don't, I don't want to have to trust God in order to learn this. I want to know it first, right? It's like the boat I just bought. I don't know if it has leaks. The only way I'm going to find out is when I'm out on the water. <laughs> There's a level of faith here. But listen to what the scripture says. Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to what? Watch over your souls. And they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That would certainly not be for your benefit. Oh, man, right there, that last line totally puts, it, it slices. It slices. This would not be for your benefit. I'm going to show you how. But in the beginning of in the NIV, it says what? Put confidence, right? Or what does it say? Have confidence in your leaders. Now, how they translated <laughs> have confidence to obey, I don't know. Or how they went from the King James to have confidence, I don't know. 
But I love that, have confidence. Because the confidence that it's talking about is not a word for people who call themselves Christians or people who call themselves pastors or people who call themselves leaders. This is for those that belong to God. Let me say it again. It's not, you know what, let me take Christian out of it because sometimes we get confused, right? It's not for people who call themselves Catholics or Jehovah's Witnesses or Mormons. It's not for people who call themselves religious. It's not for people who call themselves Christians. It's all religion, brothers and sisters. This is for people who belong to God. So if you have a true God-appointed, God-anointed leader, it doesn't look like what the world has made it look like. So for instance, if it says here, watch, obey your spiritual leaders and, they, and do what they say. If you're under works or coming out of works or you're burdened by the concept of works, meaning I got I to gotta do this to get promoted in life because we see leadership as that way, right? If you're at your job, who's your leaders? Your boss, your supervisors, this and that. The world has created it that way. That's the world system. Do what they say. Do you see that? That is not God's system. It, this is going to be really hard to get if you're not willing to be free right now. If the, if the spirit of God's not moving and freeing you, you're going to, you're going to hit your head. Because, the, because God's system, the way God has set it up, is he took Jesus Messiah, the master, the one who embodied the very presence of God, and had him wash our feet. And then he said, do as I do. So a true leader or someone that is following Christ is washing your feet. Now, you would say, well, how is that? And this is the beauty. Because they're doing it when you're not. They're praying over you. For your freedom, they're not lording over you. I can't stand up here and say, if I ask you to vacuum, you must vacuum. I can't do that. You can tell me no. You can take it up with the Lord. You can tell me no. And it is not disobedience to me because you know what happens in that moment? It's called conviction. The Lord will bring people to the place of conviction to do the thing that needs to be done. I don't need to say whether or not you have to. And here's the trick. You want me to tell you. Let me tell you why. Because if I tell you, do this, and I step up and I try to enforce something, you have two things now that you can, you can either say, I'm, I listened. And you look to somebody else and you're comparing or you can say, see, that's why I don't go to that church. <laughs> and you get offended over things that really don't matter. So you know what the Lord has a true person of Christ? Somebody that they don't do anything. They simply just go vacuum it themselves or somebody else steps up and does it. There's no need to try to get people to do something when the spirit of God is doing the work. But people who are in works don't ever experience that because they're like, no, this is how it goes. I'm the boss. You're the, you're the volunteer. You do what I say. It's so beautiful whenever you don't operate like that and you see the things that need to get done, get done. The glory goes to God and nobody's getting credit other than the Lord. So I want you to realize that when the confidence it's talking about here, it's putting confidence in God in the man or the woman. Once that person stops talking Christ, you better run. Do not follow me if the glory is coming back to me.
Do not follow me if the glory is coming back to my wife. Do not follow me if I'm giving you glory. Heaven is not a restaurant. The Bible is not a menu. And God is not a waiter. We don't come around and say, oh, I ordered this and that. Now do it for me. No, we all give grace and mercy to one another because it is the Lord that does the correcting, not man. Let me say it again. Every pastor listening, everybody out there that's, that's leading people, it is the Lord that brings correction, not man. Praise God for that. But you should still do what they say, meaning, what are they saying? A true born-again believer is pointing you to Christ. They're saying, give your heart to God. Surrender to the, to the Father. Less of you and more of Him. And they are not doing it so you can finish the task at the church. They're doing it so you could be free. <sighs> Look, at their work is to watch over your souls. And they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. This is, for you, this is no benefit. If you do it this way, I want to say this. People get on Facebook and they post these things. They'll say, you know, whenever it comes to, um, like, they're accountable to God. If somebody's been wounded or walking in a fence, they'll be like, that leader's accountable to God. And they'll say it in spite. They're not praying for the leader. They're going, they're going public, and in spite and offense, they're saying, yep, they're going to be held to God, huh? And they stick their nose up at them. You guys see that, right? Have you ever seen anything or heard something like that? Maybe you've done it. That's not what this is. Listen, those people who are doing the offending and that are walking in flesh, they're not pointing to Christ, show them mercy. Was God not merciful to us? But they are not, those people, if they're not preaching Christ, pointing to Christ and glorifying God, they're no preachers. They're not leaders. They're worldly, but they're not truly godly leaders because they're not giving you Jesus. They're making it about you and you like it. <laughs> you like when they say God wants to do this or that or not have to, not, you do not have to go to prison because you did something illegal. God doesn't want you to go to prison. They, they would preach this way. No, the Lord's will be done. Now that you're coming into the light, you may still have to suffer all the consequences. The, the, the blessing isn't that you get, you get out of this life with trouble. The blessing is that you're not going to hell. So you can go through this life's troubles in the name of the Lord. That's what you should be hearing from people who are truly walking with God. They're not trying to baby you in your trouble. They're pointing you to Christ. You see that? You have to see this. So then when those people go online and they say, we're all accountable to God, they're talking like this? Listen, true children of God don't talk like this. We don't. We say, have mercy, Lord. Have mercy. They don't know what they're doing, Lord, because these people don't even belong to Christ. <sighs> you mean every pastor that's on Facebook doesn't, not every one of them belongs to Christ? Newsflash, not everyone belongs to Christ. There are Christian organizations that are not preaching the gospel of Jesus. Just like when Paul wrote it and he said, they're coming with a different message. Something else is going on here. That is happening today. May God give his people wisdom to know what that looks like. And it's a simple answer. If it doesn't give glory to God in everything, it's not from the Lord. Ooh, I know this is heavy, right? But it's good. This would be of no benefit to you. Immediately when I read this, 
I was like, there's going to be people who feel like, oh, you know, so if I'm not, if I'm not giving my, the person God has given me, this leader, this, this person, if I'm not making the time joyous, oh, they're just going to kick me out. And immediately you go into a victim mentality, a woe is me. This won't be of no benefit. No, what he's saying is this. If you're under a curse, if you're under bondage, and you are giving the, 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 the tool God is using, if you're, if you're bucking up against it, and you know what I'm talking about when you don't want to listen to what's being said. If you're bucking up against it, you're doing that to God, not the person. You're, you're coming up against the way of God. They're just the vessel God is using to communicate that message to you in hopes that you would let whatever you're doing go and that you would grab hold of the Lord. Be thankful for the people who are stubborn in the Lord. <laughs> that love you enough to tell you the hard thing. The scripture says that wounds from an enemy, I mean from a friend, are better than the kisses of an enemy. I wrote this down in my notes. The flesh desires being in control over being delivered. And realizing the need to be delivered means realizing you're not in control. So when you realize your need, like, I need deliverance, you realize you're not in control of anything. But that's the place God wants you to see you already are, <laughs> that you're in need of God. Amen? Man, I, I have to say, it. during the, the pre-word at 9 o'clock, I literally... Uh, Isaac had shared and it was, it was stirring some things and I had taken this out of my notes, but this is, the, this is it. God is wanting you to hear this. There's people who name drop Jesus. You know what it means to name drop? It's like a person who's trying to make it in the rap game. <laughs> I'm going to use this as an example. They're trying to make it in the rap game and they'll be like, yo, I, I went to the studio uh, Dr. Dre recorded in. <laughs> Yesterday, I hung out with Ice Cube's bodyguard. <laughs> Petty Wop was next door to the building I was in. Petty Wop. <laughs> Kanye was in the city. <laughs> I was there. <laughs> See how foolish that sounds? You know the scripture? Whenever the men went to cast out the demon, the, the demon said, I know who Jesus is, and I know who Paul is, but who are you? And then, he, and then the, the demon-possessed man stripped them naked and beat them and ran them off out of town. And they were trying to come in the name of Jesus that Paul preached. Okay, they're name-dropping. You want to know if you're truly spirit-filled, huh? You don't name-drop as a Christian. You don't name-drop Jesus. You don't say, here's my bumper sticker. I'm a Christian. You don't do that. And also, we don't look at people who do that as a, as, man, I feel the presence of God. As a spirit-filled believer, we don't look down on people who do that. We say, Lord, have mercy. They don't know what they're doing. But for the person that's doing that, we don't do that. We're not like, yeah, I'm with Jesus. What's up? He just multiplied the fishes. Woo. <laughs> we got leftover loaves. Look, don't touch those. Those are mine. We just don't name drop Jesus. But that's how people walk around. People that are not spirit-filled, they walk around name-dropping him. But those that are spirit-filled, they don't say, oh, I'm with Jesus. They don't say it like that. They say, I need Jesus. There's a different posture of heart. 
And the one who's saying I'm with Jesus looks at the one who says they need Jesus like, man, you're just trying to, you know, that's false humility. You're just trying to act humble. No, really, like we really need Jesus. And that we would really walk that way. Because in seeing the need for Jesus, you see you're, that you're not in control and you need deliverance from your own self. Amen. Go with me to 2 Timothy. We're talking today about God's correction. So I wanted to lay that out for you because I want you to know, you know, I'm, I'm going to look at you guys as a grown person, you know, somebody who knows. And what I mean by grown, I don't mean that in an arrogant way. I'm just saying I am fully cognizant and spiritually aware of what I'm about to say to you. So I am, I'm not saying this for any other reason other than for the truth. I'm telling you right now, it is in my heart to be here and give you Jesus. Like there is no other reason why I'm preaching. I am not preaching because I need to fulfill my call. There's no such thing as, as, as that being the motive. Christ being preached, Christ being seen fulfills everything, right? So I don't need to make a pit stop on my call and then just talk about being called Christ. My call falls under all of that. I don't even need that to be seen. Christ needs to be seen. So as a grown individual, somebody who understands what he's saying, my conscience confirms it. The Holy Spirit confirms it. My brothers and sisters who I've been walking with confirm it. God confirms it. The very work that's happening here confirms it. I am not here for anything else other than to give you Christ. That's it. Christ. So I would ask you, don't come to receive anything else. Receive Christ. In Christ is everything else. And in 2 Timothy chapter 3, starting in verse 16, it says this. All scripture. Say all scripture. All scripture. That's, that all scripture isn't just what's compiled. Because scripture is God breathed. Watch. All scripture is inspired by who? God. In the, I believe, New King James, it says, is God-breathed. That's, that's a big difference. Inspired by God versus God-breathed, meaning he's still breathing. <laughs> Ooh, God, I thank you. God ain't stopped breathing. And he hasn't stopped breathing scripture because scripture is being written now. Nowhere in this text will you find Pathway Family Church. You might find the church of Ephesia, the church of Corinth, but you won't find Pathway Family Church. But does it have to be written in this scripture to still be scripture? Ooh, that's going to make some theologians mad. They're going to be like, ooh, now you're adding to the Bible. No, the Bible's adding to us. Everything is adding to us. Christ is adding to us. We're just fulfilling and confirming it. Church of Pathway Family, that's all this is. It's still the same message. It's still scripture because it's God-breathed. You see that? Oh, let me just say it another way so we could think bigger because there's a lot of correction going on right now as I'm talking. But let me just say it another way. You think this is the only place God put his word? There's heaven written with text that you don't know of in languages you don't know of. There is, God is real. It's not just he didn't compile it and put it in 66 books. It's written on the hearts of men. Is that not what it teaches? That he will put his law on their hearts? How do you think you came to Christ? 
Because he already put his scripture in you before you ever came to know the scripture. <sighs> they don't want to hear it, man. I'm telling you, they just don't want to hear it. We don't want to hear this. All scripture is God-breathed. Even what's coming out of me right now, it's God-breathed. Everything is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. So in the text, the scriptures, it all lines up. So even if I'm having a casual conversation over dinner and I'm not talking about what is actually written, I might be talking about a Diet Coke because <laughs> that's not in scripture. I'm just saying that that whole interaction is being written. That whole interaction was written before we did it. That God took into account already everything you would ever do. And that's what scripture is. It's God revealing, God knowing. It's not just what we see, but it's that God sees. Amen. Are you catching what I'm saying to you? Why am I saying this? Because correction, there's only one form of correction and it's everything that I'm talking about right now points back to it. And I'm going to get there in just a second. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Man, I feel the anointing of God. Actually, as I'm preaching, I feel as though there's a whirlwind over somebody's head. They're like, I just can't seem to grab it. That's God breaking chains off of your life. Have you ever get, ever, anybody ever get knocked upside the head so hard you got dizzy? You almost got a concussion. But when you got hit with it, you didn't know where you were. They say you see stars. <laughs> well, when you get hit with truth, your flesh, doosh, whoa, what is that? What is that? And a douche, whoa, where's that coming from? And you don't know how to get your bearings because God is literally breaking you down. He's, he's humbling you. You like this with the Lord, like, I'm going to do things my way. Oh, whoa, I got you. <laughs> you know, you're just, you're off balance. You're caught off guard because God's presence causes your flesh to get dizzy. Anybody ever been in the presence of God so much that you got dizzy? Amen. Almost to the point where you want to throw up? Mm-hmm. That's just a little hint of what it means to come into the presence of God in something that you could never control with your flesh, and it takes the Spirit of God to bring you understanding. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, starting in verse 16, look at this. But whenever someone, say someone, so that's specific. That's not an open-ended invitation. That's not saying just anybody. We'll just see who comes. It's just talking specifically about whoever someone is. When someone, what does it say? So when someone turns to who? When someone turns to the Lord. Now, can anybody in here make your neighbor do that? I wish I could grab your head and go, look, <laughs> I'd do it right now to everybody. Look at the Lord. <laughs> Have you ever been in a conversation with somebody and they're not getting what you're saying? How about this? Their heart is set to defend themselves and you will tell them something that's true and they'll be like, what? I'm not doing that. And they take it completely different than what you're saying. And the more you tell them the same thing, the more angry they get with you <laughs> because you're trying to make them turn to the Lord. 
And, you're, and you, what you're doing is fueling the fire of them turning away from the Lord. People come to God on God's time. People come to God on God's time. Not on our time. Amen. I can hear some of the young people right now saying, well, then see, you should talk to my parents because they keep trying to make me come, and I don't want to come. That's not what we're talking about. That's not what we're talking about. Don't use this. Don't flip it. See, I wouldn't be here if you didn't make it. <laughs> Don't flip it because God brought you here. You're here, aren't you? Amen. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, what happens? The veil is taken away. The veil is taken away. So the only correction there is, is to turn to the Lord. And you can't bring that correction to anybody. So for those of us that are walking in the spirit, we no longer say, Papa, don't do that. You know better. Because have, have you guys ever watched a, to a, a toddler that was crawling start trying to walk? Have you ever watched them? And some take longer than others. Some start walking at like eight months, right? Some walk at like 16 months, <laughs> right? But when they, when they get up and they take a step, right? And I don't know why I'm doing all kinds of body <laughs> examples right now, but whatever. But they take a step and they're like, boom. And then they sit on their butt, right? Hopefully they don't land on their face. Do you, do you really go and scold them? Because they fell. You don't talk to them now from a place of your freedom where you're walking freely because you once needed somebody to help you and you still need God to keep your legs moving, so don't get too proud, right? We know some of you don't drink enough water. It's a miracle you ain't got a cramp. <laughs> just fall over. I'm just saying, you need the Lord. <laughs> I don't know why I said that, but I did. So the child falls, and what do you do? You pick him up. You don't even tell them, because look at, look at God and in in the way he's made the mysterious plan. Look at how he's done this. You, if, if they're like how old? Like a year and a half maybe? Let's just say, you know, 12 months to, to a year and a half, right? Is that usually when kids are walking? Help me, because it's been a long time since I've had to. 12 months, okay. Are they talking yet? Are they able to, to communicate to you in full language what just took place? Like, well, I was trying to get my balance. I mean, they're not talking to you yet. And some of you talk to them like they understand. They don't understand you yet. Well, don't you know? You gotta, you know they don't understand. So when they fall, you pick them up. Right? You pick them up and, and you don't scold them there. Now, don't fall again. You don't. You, you, you help them, right? And then when they take one step, what do you do? Praise them. No, no, no. Let's, let's be real, ladies. You post it all over social media. <laughs> my baby just took one step. Oh, my God, I got the best baby in the whole world. It's like explosions, <laughs> fireworks, pyrotechnics in the backyard. <laughs> but you are, you are ecstatic because there's progress. Amen. Because there's progress. Say progress. Because that's what happens in the spirit. When you turn to the Lord and you fall, the only correction is to get up. Because when you get up, 
What is that in the spirit? You turn to the Lord. If someone's not turning to the Lord, they're not up yet. They're not up yet. If they're making it about what they lost, if they're making it about what they should have, if they're not making it about the Lord, they're not up yet. And some people fell and they never got up. They've been crawling their whole life. But when we do see them take a step, what do we say? Glory to God. And if they fall, we pray. We love on them. As grown people, I don't care if you're 65. You're just not above falling. Some of us have never walked in the Lord. We don't know what that's like to have relationships that don't uh, chastise us or scold us in a human way. We don't know what it's like to have relationships that love us in Christ. But the only correction there is, is to turn to the Lord. And that's from day one until the day Jesus comes back. If you're somebody who's been walking with God for a long time, you're going to fall less. You're not going to fall as often as in the beginning because God teaches you how to walk. Aren't you thankful for that? But the truth is, is that there's no other correction after that. So I can't come, Dina, and start saying, well, you know what your problem is, Dina, is that you're just not spending enough time with the Lord. How, how often are you praying in the morning? 30 minutes? It should at least be 45. That's the problem. I do 50. Just saying, I go a little above and beyond. I give God a little extra. You know, we don't do that. I rebuke that. The Lord rebuked that. That's from Satan. That's not from Jesus Christ. There's no puffing up. You know what I mean? It's, you could be 15 years in your walk with Jesus and have some type of failure, and it doesn't have to be, listen, it doesn't have to be major. It doesn't have to be like stealing or killing or anything sexual. It could simply be a lie that you didn't even realize. Because has anybody ever told a lie, and did, like it like literally came out of you, and you did, you're like afterwards going, oh, my God, I totally lied. And then you're like, oh, man, I don't, it's like, I don't want to go admit it because that's really embarrassing. Things like that happen depending on the pressure of the moment. Don't we see it with Peter? No, Jesus, I'll, I'll live for you. I'll die for you. I don't know the man. I don't know him. What are you talking? I don't know him. I don't know. Him. And then all of a sudden, ur, 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 right? And he's like, oh, I totally lied. I did it. I totally did it. And what did Jesus do? See, that's your problem, Peter. You just got to get up. Get out of here. Get it right. <laughs> no, he told them ahead of time. He told them ahead of time, when you come to your senses. I want to read a few scriptures to you about this, about turning to the Lord. Put up uh, Isaiah, the, the first set of scriptures. It's up here. Turn to me and what? Do you see that why in the second song, I didn't even like put these two together until right now, but why in the second song there was such a moment of salvation? Because correction was happening in that moment. The, the true correction. Does anybody have a problem with turning to the Lord really? I mean, if God is compelling your heart and he's saying, turn to me, that's what you do. Help me, Lord. Right? But what's it for? To be saved. This is why if you are walking with God, you're going to have moments you need to turn again. So you have your family, you have your job, you have uh, your goals, you have friendships, you have all these things. Let's just say five of them. You have food. Maybe food's one of them, right? And you gave your family. 
but you're, you're failing in your job, meaning you're not giving it to the Lord. So it's becoming your idol. First, it was your family. You said, cool, I, 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 I can surrender the family. Then it becomes your job. Like, no, I have to work. I got, and you're priding yourself in those things. And then you surrender that to God. And then it becomes your goals in life. And then it becomes your friends in life. And then it becomes food, because we know that's the last one to go, right? <laughs> Not changing the way I'm eating. I can't. My job doesn't let, whatever your excuses are, right? But, but, but these things that you're failing in because you're you're what? You're not turning to the Lord in those areas. Kind of like what Aaron was saying about listening to music and watching TV or watching movies. You know in your heart they don't glorify God. You, you know, how about this? Halloween's coming up. You're going to say glory to God for Halloween? But I'm religious if I say, see, this is what's wrong. With spirit-filled believers, it's, we understand that doesn't bring God glory. We don't have a problem with saying a ghost mask is not from the Lord. A Halloween mask is not from the Lord. Jason mask is not from the Lord. Demonic figures are not from the Lord to be, to be used to glorify God. It's Satan's holiday. But can I go deeper with you this morning? Can I go deeper with the correction? Every day without the Lord is Satan's day. See, it's not Halloween. Halloween's on full display. That's an easy correction. It's when you're sitting at home and you're laughing over people getting killed in a TV show because you think it's fiction. Or how about some of us who are addicted to the paranormal activity uh, TV shows where they go on ghost hunts they never catch? <laughs> I swear I got them on camera this time. And you're like, oh, they got them this time. Episode 125. Oh, Oh, man, next time, next time. You know it's not glorifying God. How about let's get rid of the day. Let's get rid of the, let's go to the minutes and the seconds and the times and your thoughts and things that don't glorify God. They just don't glorify God. And the world's not going to tell you to glorify God. They're going to tell you to live for yourself. Turn to me and be saved. Can we just say yes, Lord, right now? Yes, Lord. You ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. Go to the next one. Psalm twenty-two, twenty-seven. 27. The whole earth will acknowledge the Lord and return to him. Who are they returning to? Now, sometimes when we see this, we think return to him and be saved. No, that was the previous verse. This is return to him and some aren't going to be saved. They will be judged and be cast into the lake of fire. But everyone will return to the Lord. Everybody will stand before God. Everybody. Amen. The whole world will acknowledge he's God. Every knee will bow. So you're going to turn to the Lord. You just don't want it to be on that day when the Lord comes back and you have to turn to him now. You want it to be here where there's mercy being shown in every area of our lives. Go to the next one. Remember, the only correction is turning to the Lord. It would be much easier if me and my wife were in a disagreement. And we know it's the flesh when we get there. And we were both to say, let's turn to the Lord with it. He'll tell us what to do. How much easier would your arguments go? Whoa. Huh? Because right there, the person who's remaining in the flesh is going to go, turn to the Lord. Oh, man, I'm not going to turn to the Lord. She's going to turn to the Lord. He's going to turn to the Lord. You know what? I'm not, you know, I'm going to go to the Lord. Father, don't you know what she's doing to me? She is having, come on now. It's going to put them right in the flesh and you're going to get out of the way and God's going to do what? Convict them. If they're called by God, they will be convicted. After they're done throwing their tantrum, 
calling their friends and getting everybody else involved, kind of like how Isaac said, move your cars, which we didn't need to do. Everybody's panicking. Ah, cars need to be moved. No, turn to the Lord. (laughs) Turn to the Lord. (laughs) Give me mercy because I'm all over the place. But you know what happens when you say, you know what, we're going to make a commitment that when we get into disagreement, we're going to turn to the Lord. Somebody's going to be stubborn. They're going to want us not turn to the Lord. But the only correction is to turn to the Lord. And if they don't, you show them mercy. And brother or sister, whoever you are that has to endure that affliction, glory to God, because it's for the Lord. Amen. That you're, you're enduring that, that affliction because you're turning to the Lord and the other person is not. And God has saw it fit to purge you through that trial. Man, I'm getting way too far out, but to purge you through that trial so God would be glorified in your life. There's a testimony even going back to that person and everywhere else you go because you didn't slander them back. You didn't uh, 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 insult them back. You didn't retaliate. You left your hand, your, oh man, I feel the anointing of God. You left the judgment in the hands of God just like Jesus did. Some people's marriages are just not going to work out. I'm sorry. They're just not. I'm not speaking death over you. I'm telling you the truth. Some people's marriages are not going to both be unison in Christ, but some are. Both are useful for the will of God. One, two people are left in the field working. One will be taken. One will be left behind. Both are useful. I know that's hard to see, but you've got to see it's the Lord's will being done. Amen. Go to the, oh wait, yeah. (laughs) Go to the next one. No, go back. Matthew 13. Watch this. For the hearts of these people are hardened. And their ears cannot hear, and they have closed their eyes to, so their eyes cannot see, and their ears cannot hear. That's twice, but that's okay. And their hearts cannot understand, and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. In the works-based mentality, you would say that's their problem. They're hardening their own hearts. They're blinding their own eyes. No, brothers and sisters, God is hardening their heart. I know it sounds, it sounds uh, unfair, but it's not. It's completely fair because God chooses to show mercy to some and he chooses to harden others. And he'll give you over. He will give you over to your own way and you will harden yourself. But it's not you that's doing it. It's God that allowed it to happen. That's the truth. Do you want God to take his hand off you? Come on, somebody better have some healthy fear in here because he can and he chooses not to. (laughs) All the mistakes you've made, Huh? And he chooses to keep your eyes open. Glory to God. Go to the next one. Luke twenty two thirty two. But I have pleaded. Oh, you know what? Hold on. Even somebody watching me online right now. Who you are upset with what I'm saying. I literally heard you say. I don't agree with that. Do you know how hard, how, how much I've had to go through? Do you know how much pain I've faced? Do you know what they've done to me, Tony? Do you know what, what I've had? To, I hear that right now. And you know what? If that's you on there, I want you to inbox me. Uh, you could leave a comment or you can inbox me. I want you to not make God out to be a liar. May the conviction of the Holy Spirit come right now because he just called you out right now. And I want you to come to the front, to the front of this conversation. I want you to come forward in that inbox me and repent and realize that this is actually the Lord coming to you. You say this, these things in your heart. You're saying, no, you don't know what I've been through. And that's actually a heart cry 
you're actually turning to the Lord. You don't even know it. You want it to be real. You, you want God to truly heal you. So I don't, I don't in any way take it personal. It, I don't even know you. And I've never even sat with you. I don't even know you. And you got to recognize that God is even going to give you the wisdom right now to recognize that you were talking to a, t- a phone screen as if I knew you. And that was actually in your heart coming out of you. And that's the Lord coming to you now. And even now, I just see it, the conviction of the Lord. You're just repenting. The Lord is meeting you right where you are. I give God glory for that. And this is not a, this is not a, a, a show. And anybody who's been following online knows this, is, this has happened before. Where the Spirit of God, the timing of God. And I look forward to hearing from you, brother, sister, whoever you are. I look forward to hearing from you and hearing what the Lord is doing. Luke twenty two thirty two. But I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you have what? And turn to me again. Now we can't, yeah, we can't take out the word again. I know some of us went, dang, how many times? Every time. Forget about how many, every time. When you turn to me again, strengthen your brothers. Did it say correct your brothers? Because correction belongs to the Lord. Because the only correction is to turn to God. What is the message that we preach? What's the gospel? Turn to Jesus. Is that not the gospel? Is it come be baptized, come give your money, come do all these works, read, pray, worship, and then receive God? Or is it just receive God? Is it free? It's totally free. Huh? Turn to the Lord. And then somebody might leave the church and come back. Turn to the Lord. Huh? You might walk with them and they make a mistake. Turn to the Lord. Everything is turned to the Lord. The Lord will, ch- will show you the way. Every one of us. Even now, I just, I just know there was, there's arguments that happen. And even this morning, if you came here and you were in a disagreement, you're seeing now why the disagreement was happening. You were both trying to be right. You're trying to make the other person do what you think they should do. No, you both should turn to the Lord. I just, the devil's getting smashed right now. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. Go to the next one. Glory to God. Acts 3.19. Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Go to the next one. For they keep talking about the wonderful welcome you gave us and how you what? Turned away from idols to serve the living and true God. This is correction. In Christ, I can give advice. I can say, you know what? Uh, can I give a, a perfect example? Sandy, do you mind if I share? Do you mind if I share? I know this is tough, but I, I feel like I should share this. Sister Sandra's been coming here how long? Almost two years. And she loves her ch- children dearly. Loves her children. Anybody love their children? almost like more than God sometimes, <laughs> right? It happens where, where, where we want to make it work. And when Sandy came, she has uh, two children that came with her. And they're, pray for them because they're truly oppressed. You know, when, when people are oppressed, you can't reason with them. It's God that takes that away, right? You can't reason with them. And if drugs are involved, it's even harder, right? Because the drugs alter the mind and there's a lot of a spiritual activity going on. And this is the case with her children. They, they've, they've really, it's been a, a long road. It even got to the point where they threatened to kill her because of under the influence and the demonic activity that was going on. 
The word came to, to our sister on three different occasions that the only way this is t- to go is for her to give her children to the Lord. And that meant that they couldn't stay with her no more. That meant, like, you guys have, have to go. How hard is that? I mean, come on, it's almost nearly impossible for some of us. And it kept coming back and kept coming back and kept coming back and kept coming back. Now, when she would go through the struggle with her children because they remained there and the turmoil that came and the warfare that came, anybody know what I'm talking about when you got warfare at home? Huh? And every time she would come, it got to the point where she was, and this was not, just hear, hear the whole thing, just hear what God's doing. This was because she knew what God had asked her to do and it was hard Like, how do I do that? They're my kids. Anybody uh, can relate, right? They're my kids. And so it got to the point where she would be like, I didn't want to call you, right? She would be like, I didn't want to call you because I just, oh, I just knew I I didn't want to, in her words, which were like crazy, I didn't want to get in trouble. I'm like, really? (laughs) Like, anybody who's known us, like, ever, like, but whatever that, but that was real. I want to keep, I want to, but that was a real feeling. That was real. That, that you feel like, because you know you're, you're not doing the thing God asked you, you think, you know, that's what happens. Like all of a sudden now you're going to get in trouble. And anybody under works knows what that feels like. Man, matter of fact, you knew what that would feel like if you were simply serving in a volunteer aspect at a church and you, did, you bought the wrong cup or something. And you're like, oh man, they're going to go nuts because I was supposed to get the small ones and they wouldn't be, you know what I mean? Like, no, no, that isn't how the kingdom of God works. We don't do that. We love each other. We walk through things with each other. We, we, we point each other to the Lord, right? And after a time, it finally happened. She, she, she had the faith in her. After almost a year and a half of walking this out, she finally was able to say, you know what? I have to do it now. And that's where it's at. Now, you ready for this? You want to know? <laughs> God just operates in a way that we don't understand. You ready for this? So her, her daughter needs clothes or needs some hygiene or something like that. And, and Sandy goes, now on Monday night, the word of the Lord came to us. I'm going to have to cut this short. I really don't want to. Oh, my God, it's so good. Monday night, the word of the Lord came to us that there was going to be an outpouring on this church. That the spirit of God was going to stir and that people were going to be getting, begin to get the gifts of the Holy Spirit that there was going to be an increase in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, prophecy over everything. And the word was the type of prophecy is not that you're just saying, you know what, somebody's going to walk in with a black jacket today. Not that kind of prophecy. But what Revelation talked about, where, where the Spirit of the Lord is, when you preach Christ, you are preaching prophecy. Meaning, is Christ not coming back? That's called prophecy. And that's the best message you could ever preach, is that He is coming. Because He is going to come. Amen but that the spirit, spiritual gifts will start happening, even tongues. Now, <laughs> I get a phone call from Paul and Sandy, and God told her to take this hygiene to her child who is now no longer living with her. Now, do you see, when God tells you to do something and you finally do it, you get the, you get the confirmations from what's going on with it. And Sandy goes and gives her what she needs, and she's full of demons. She's... she's just full of demons. She's saying things that are just demonic. And the spirit takes over Paul and he puts his hand on her and he starts speaking in tongues. That's how Paul got tongues. He was like, I don't know what I was saying, but something was coming out of my mouth. 
And I think it was tongues, but I don't know, because I don't know what that sounds like. (laughs) And the Lord told me it was because God was protecting you. God was putting a hedge around you. It wasn't even for her deliverance because God has chosen to keep her there. Oh, man, I know that's hard, guys. God would choose to keep some bound. Yes, you don't know the ways of God. They're mysterious. But here's the truth. Are you bound? So you better glorify God for that too because you got eyes to see and ears to hear. You're not lost and way out there. And those of you that have ever been lost to drugs and now God has given you a sober mind, can you say amen? Because it's the work of the Lord. So you know that it's only God. Woo. And it wasn't celebrate recovery. It wasn't AA. No offense to any of them, but it wasn't that. It was the spirit of the living God. That no man would boast. And I don't know why I was sharing that, but I had to share it. Correction? Turn to the Lord. That's what it was. But that she would turn to the Lord and finally do the thing that God asked her. And there you go. And... Oh, man, I just am so, I can't even finish this. Um, Can we agree that the Holy Spirit is the one that does the convicting? I'm going to close here, but I want to close with with what happened. I have to tell you what happened. So I bought a boat recently. (laughs) (laughs) You better stop that, Donna. He's the only fisherman in the building. Yeah, I knew God brought me here for a reason. Um, it's been a long time since the Lord has asked me to do something that would take that kind of faith because I didn't want to buy the boat. Definitely don't feel the need to, to have it. I, I'm perfectly fine. Doing, if, I, if I go fishing, I fish off of land. I'm perfectly fine. I've, I've caught plenty of fish that way. I really just, the maintenance, you know, just things like that. I just didn't want the trouble. But just to show you what it means to turn to the Lord and the things that transpire when you turn to the Lord. Randy, where are you? Raise your hand. This is my brother, Randy. I'm just going to give you a little backstory and then we're going to close. This is my brother, Randy. Randy came here from Alabama, right? About four years ago now, you moved? Three years ago, he moved from Alabama, didn't know why he was coming. Long story short, he's here. Me and Randy, Randy has a home gym. So when COVID hit, I was like, where am I going to work out? I put a post on Facebook. Randy's like, you can come work out with me. Actually, he said it more like, my house available, brother. Something like that. <laughs> something like that. Or you Come on over, throw these weights around, these hogs. Right? No, no, something like that. And I said, all right, cool. So I went over to Randy's house, and we started working out. From that, doing that, Jeff came, right? Jeff ended up going there. Isaac ended up there. We were all there working out. God was doing a miraculous work. Months go by, and we're sitting at, at there, and they had opened up Crunch Fitness. You know where Crunch Fitness is on uh, Villa and Shaw. I drove by there one morning, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon me and said, I want you to go sign up at Crunch Fitness. I was like, oh, man. You know, I, don't, I got a GB3 membership. You know, I, I really don't need to spend the money. You know all the reasoning, right? Why would I need to do that? I got, I'm home, working out at his house. We're cool. I go over there. Long story short, the next that day... That night or the next day, one of the two, um, we're working out, and the Spirit of the Lord falls upon me. For 30 minutes, I'm in prayer. Literally, I'm sitting there. Jeff and, and Randy were there, and I'm like, I, man, I'm praying, 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 praying. 30 minutes is up. I said, I got to go sign up, guys. I'm going to go. And they both went with me. We signed up at Crunch Fitness. The next day, we go work out, and Jeff 
a few days prior, Donovan, raise your hand. Right there, that's Donovan. Jeff sees Donovan at a stoplight. They're like, oh, what's up? I guess they knew each other from GB3. Oh, what's up? Whatever. We end up at Crunch, and who's there? Donovan. Now Jeff and Donovan are talking. Spirit of the Lord comes upon me, and for 45 minutes, <laughs> I'm cutting Donovan off every time he starts talking. Nope, the Lord. Nope, the Lord. Nope. I mean, it was just like so amazing what took place that day. Donovan's here truly because God met him there. Now, you ready for this? His wife, sitting next to him, went to celebration when Crunch Fitness was Celebration Church. And there's a stage that was there where when she was interceding for her husband, she wrote his name underneath that stage. Not knowing that years later, it would be a gym. That then God would move and he would literally encounter not just Jesus, but the truth that's now pulling from works into the grace even more than ever before. And this is my brother now. I mean, we just went fishing yesterday. I had to put up with him all day. No, I'm just kidding. He had to put up with me. <laughs> and this is my brother now, but you see the connection here? Do you see that when you turn to the Lord, what is happening? It's not just one person turning to the Lord, but there's, there's, we're all turning to the Lord. Now watch, because of Donovan, I, I hadn't been fishing in six years. Because of Donovan, I went fishing again. That led me to the place where God started saying, you need to get a boat. Do you see how this is working now? But the boat isn't mine. It's not for me. The boat was for, out of obedience to God because here, here's the story. I said, Lord, there must be somebody that needs this money. This is not about me getting a boat because I don't want one. But I know there's somebody that there's. So I looked for boats from Los Angeles to Reading. And I only reached out to one. It was here. And this boat was not worth $1,600. It was worth maybe $1,000, maybe $1,200. But the Spirit of the Lord came upon me and said, you need to buy that boat. Man, I feel the Lord even now as I'm sharing it. Oh, God, I thank you for what you're doing right now. I thank you for what you're doing. You're, we are walking on water, man. I mean, he is holding us right now. I'm not even kidding. Oh, God, thank you. And I said, I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to do this. I shared it with my wife. She wasn't in the place to really be there with me just yet. She was like, I don't know. We got other things we can do. I go, I know we got other things. we got. But the Lord's saying, I need to do this. This is what we need. It's not even our money now. It's in our account, but it belongs to somebody else because it's God's money. And I literally go to get a tow hitch from Pastor Tommy, which is our associate pastor. Where are you at, Tommy? In the back. And I go to get a tow hitch. And this tow hitch was totally, I can't even get into all of it. It's too much. But see, I'm not going to get all of it. So I, I get the tow hitch and I'm leaving Tommy's house. And I say, Tommy, it's like this man, like his girl just left him. And she took the kids. And I'm like, he needs the money, bro. This is just what I keep sensing. And I drive up to the house and I walk into this, the yard. The, tr the boat's right here. And the man walks out. He's about 5'11", Mexican. And I, again, I don't know why. Tall Mexicans keep coming to me, but they do, and it's just odd. But he, he looked healthy. Everything was fine, and I looked straight at him. I said, brother, I said, this money is not mine. It's yours. God wants you to have this money. I don't care if this boat sinks when I get it out. I don't care if the engine goes out. Whatever happens with this boat doesn't matter. But this money is from God because he said that you need it, man. Like, you really need it right now. And he goes, like, you know, I can't, in, like, impersonate it perfectly, but he was shocked. 
And he was like, man, he's like, I, I called my mom and told her that some guy was coming over and said he was going to buy the boat no matter what. And she told me, like, did you check his Facebook? <laughs> Is he a real person? And he's like, yeah, he's a pastor. He ended up listening to an hour sermon, ended up getting ministered to. I guess he hasn't been to church since he was young. He went to Cornerstone when he was a little kid. And here he was. He's like, yeah. And then he watched the sermon. He said, yeah. He goes, you know what, man? My wife or my girl just left me and I got six kids. She took them all and my car just broke down. I really need this money. Now, what is that? Could you imagine being on the other end of that? Not knowing how to sell a boat that ain't worth what it's worth and you get what you ask for and that the message is that God gave you this so you would know that he provides, not that it's even about the money because it'll come and go. The spirit of the Lord literally told me, I said, brother, make me a promise. He said, what? I said, if you ever want to take your kids fishing, you just call me. You can use the boat anytime. This is what the Lord wants to do. I turn around and I start walking out and the Lord says, ask him about his health. I said, brother, I go, I don't know why. I just have to ask you, how's your health, man? He's like, oh, man, you know, everything's hitting him. Could you, you know, he's like, I just went to the doctor yesterday and I got bruising on my side. They say I might have cirrhosis of the liver. So could you imagine that this might be the only time? I shot him a follow-up text and he texted me back and he said, I'm ready to give my heart to God. Is that not the Lord? See, he don't even need to come to receive the Lord. He already received the Lord because that's what happens when you turn to the Lord. God does what he does. So how'd you come to the Lord? I don't know, some crazy short Mexican came and bought my boat. And I... I pray we see him one day. I pray you get to meet him. His name's Nano. I pray you get to meet him. And I pray he grow in Christ and I pray that it truly happened for him. But man, what a... this is why the only correction is turning to God. It's these things take place when you turn to God. Miracles truly take place when you turn to God because it's not about you anymore. Young people, listen, I know it's hard because if you're 14, you got about a 14-minute time span. Like that's your attention span. After 14 minutes, you're shutting down. You got to hit a reset button. I'm serious. But you know what's happening for you guys right now? Seeds are being planted into you right now. Seeds are being planted. When you become 16 and 17, 18 and 20 and 30, you're going to remember these moments because the Lord is calling you. It ain't something that you're calling yourself to. And anybody in here who's older now and can say amen to that because you know that was you. You sat in the services and looked at the crazy preacher. And you were on the side telling your friends how your church is crazy. You should never go there, but you're going. (laughs) Turn to the Lord. That's the only correction. Turn to the Lord. And for those that came to the Lord today, we celebrate with you. We celebrate with you. Glory to God. So, may the Lord bless you. May he keep you. As you leave this place, I want to just pray this prayer over you right now. And uh, fellowship as long as you want today. You know, don't don't just scoot off if you have time. Connect with each other. Fellowship. Every Wednesday we have... uh, we, we hook up with different families. We just talk to each other. We get to know each other. And we have dinner at each other's houses, and we break bread, and we fellowship. So if that's something that you want to connect into, all you got to do is talk to us. All you got to do is, is make it happen, and we'll make it happen. Amen. And there's plenty of people that do it right now. Who's all doing that right now? Raise your hand if you're in this place, and you're meeting, and, and okay, see? I mean, there's plenty of people. All these people with their hands raised, we always get together. Um, and there's people who are not here that do it as well. Um, Aaron does it as well, so... 
May the Lord lead you to more fellowship. Now all glory to God who is able to keep you from falling away and will bring you with great joy into his glorious presence without a single fault. All glory to him who alone is God, our Savior through Jesus Christ our Lord. Say all glory, glory. majesty, Majesty. power, Power. and authority authority. are his before all time and in the present and beyond all time. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you guys.